0: Oh, it's so good. God is just an amazing God. I said last week, I'm talking about rescued by love. And uh God is just this amazing, amazing, amazing God. And I don't actually mind if I don't always get it right. As long as As long as I can do one thing is that you leave here in the morning, if you just leave here going. My Abba Daddy loves me. Not only does he love me, but his goodness is for me. His goodness just chases me down. And uh, we want to just say, Lord, let your goodness and your love chase me down. Because when I begin to live out of the, out of the kingdom love, kingdom meaning king's dominion, where God reigns, it's he himself, okay, when I begin to allow the king's love to fill me and and work through me, uh, I begin to, my whole life begins to be reinterpreted. You see, the Bible, scriptures, uh, prophetic words, all these kind of things are re-energized by the heart of the Father. As I spoke about last week, it said, it didn't say, um, God came and sent His only Son. He said, for God so loved the world. You see, the motivation of the Father is the love of the Father. And someone said to me once, they said to me, "Oh well," and so I just want to, I don't actually want to go there, but I'm going to go there. I want to clear it up a little bit. Someone said, well, aren't you going like, does that mean we just forget about sin? No, 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 no. It was because of love that God dealt with sin. Okay, so we don't forget that. It's not that. It's that the motivation is always the heart of the Father. You see, the correction of God, He's the only one I know that can correct me, put me straight, get me right, and I feel good about it. (laughs) And so, if we're called to be mini-me's, we're called to be able to release the same heart. It's not about a denial. It's not about a Uh, uh, hyper grace it's not about any of these things whatever you want to call it it's rather just saying you know what i want to catch the father's heart on this and until we know abba daddy we won't be able to do that but we need to know abba daddy my daddy you see when i was a mess actually i'm still a little bit of a mess but when i was really in a bad place i didn't go trying to find god he found me first and that's a good thing right So let's carry on looking at this whole thing of rescued by love. And I did a whole lot on the cross last week and and how the cross has said it all. And uh, if you need to know it, I even put it in a very abbreviated kind of uh, skinny latte version on on, on, the, uh, on, the pastoral newsletter that I send out. You got all the points there, and there's so much more. And I love the thing where it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where it says, no mind, no ear, and I'm just paraphrasing, no, no mind, no ear, no eye has seen how much God's got for us. It's way beyond my imagination. My thinking can't get there. My heart doesn't know how to form it. I can't get there. But the Father says, hey, man, I love you so much. I've got so much more for you. God didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. And so we, we need to be energized by this, this loving Father. And uh, let's look at some more of the heart of the Father. And He wants us to really know and reveal Himself as love and goodness to us. And so I want to begin to look, and you can, if you like, you can go to Psalm 107. You can, if you've got your Bibles and you want to take some notes, go to Psalm 107. One of the things that the enemy wants to come do, it says in Scripture, it says he wants to come and blind you. He wants to put something over you, a veil, and that veil actually covers you, okay? It's not just from you not seeing, it's from you not perceiving, okay? And he wants to veil you from seeing the goodness and the love of God. Isn't that amazing? But when Jesus died on the cross, and I spoke about this fully last week, so I won't rehash it. But when Jesus died on the cross, he took that veil away, right? It's that whole thing of the temple where that veil was torn, and we can go into the Holy of Holies, right? And so the Father, took that veil, the, the Father through Christ, took that veil away. And so now we need to allow the Father through his through, – okay. So Abba Daddy made a way. Abba daddy is good and great and loving. Jesus Christ is the full expression of his love to us, shown on the cross. And Holy Spirit's the power, the helper that we get given to be able to live and walk into that. Does that make sense to you? It's pretty simple, right? And uh, so we need to say Holy Spirit, come and renew my thinking and my heart. Come and bring new life to my soul and my spirit. Like I know that when we get born again, our spirits are brought to life. I get that. Okay. But we need to be filled. We need to say, Lord, come and change. Come and change. I invite you. When we say more, Lord, that's what we're saying. More of you, less of me. Come and have your way. Begin to transform my thinking. I want to know you as the way, I want to know you the way your word, I want to know you the way Holy Spirit reveals uh, you to me. I want to know you that way. Good and loving. But the enemy wants to put a veil over you so that you don't know he's good and loving. God is good. All shame, anxiety, fear, limitations, loveless life, joyless lifestyle is dismantled and it will no longer have a hold of our inner life. Our outer expression will change and we'll learn that we can become overcomers in Christ. When we know God that way, Shaba, it's good news. That's why it's called, thank you, Marianne. That's why it's called the good news. And not the 10 laws you got to live up to. It's called the good news. It's called my daddy loves me. And what's great about it is if you just look at the natural, just look at the natural for a second. You'll quickly see that parents love their kids no matter what they do. And if we're so flawed, imagine how good God loves us when we're getting it wrong. And so it doesn't say, it doesn't say God just leaves us in living, doing whatever we want. No. Why would it leave me the way I am? I'm being transformed (laughs) by the goodness of His presence. He's the one that transforms me. So let's look at these amazing things in this. I want to quickly look at Psalm 107. Psalm 107 is a great uh, psalm and it's you know, some people debate it. Some people say it's written by David. Others are like, we don't know who it's written by. You know, that's, that's where it is. It doesn't matter who wrote it. It's in the Bible, right? It's part of the canon. We're okay with it. Okay? And uh, I can't do a teaching on that this morning, but if it's in there, it's supposed to be there. We've learned to doubt that somehow. We've learned to doubt that somehow, Right? Don't let the enemy lie to you. don't let the enemy lie to you. yeah listen, if it's in the sixty six books in the Bible, it's because God made sure it's in there. Okay yeah, let's move on. so here's this, uh, uh, this, he this great psalm and here's uh, this great psalm, and I love it because it kind of starts with the psalmist writing and saying, hey, let me tell you what I've observed and what I've lived through and what I've seen. Here's my testimony. You heard a testimony this morning. He starts in this scripture before he mentions the four types of people or seasons or circumstances. He's really talking about four types of people and distresses the they find themselves in. And I'm only going to touch on the four types of people. There's more in the, in, the, in the psalm, but the kind of last section is kind of like a summary of it all. It's kind of like the song is, is written in a summary after the four types of people. Okay, so yeah, yeah, here the psalmist says he says, he says, this is from verse one. Okay, he says, "Give thanks to the Lord for His good; His love endures forever." Isn't that good? You know, thank you for a hallelujah. You know, and so here we see that he's just declaring. He's saying, "Listen, I want to tell you about all the stuff that I've observed and, and been through myself. Even, especially if it was David, but let me begin to give." Let me begin, it's like a circular psalm. Let me begin with the praise report at the beginning so you know that this, all this stuff has a good ending. Right? And it begins and he says, as I'll read it again, give thanks to the Lord for His good, His love endures forever. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the giving thanks right at the end in a second. But here we see um, God reveals to us through His love and goodness um, that we can be a, become a people of thankfulness and hope. Who here wants to become a people of thankfulness and hope? Don't you want to be just a people that's, that, that you can't help yourself? I know when I find a good product, I tell people I can't help myself. Sherianne says, they don't want to hear about it, Sheldon. I'm like, but it's so good. Why wouldn't they? She's no, they don't care about if bread is $2 cheaper. Okay, I'm like, but are you kidding me? They have M&Ms in the United States of America that's got more flavors than I've ever seen in my life. This is good news. And everyone else is like, yeah, they live here. They've seen it. You're from Africa. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, this is, you're telling me everyone knows this? <laughs> like, yes, they know. <laughs> so I, excuse me if I tell you things you know, okay? I, I apologize ahead of time, okay? I can't help myself. Some of the things I see here, um, I'm hoping if you go visit South Africa, some of the things you see there will <laughs> also discombobulate you in a good way. Okay, so here we see uh, in verse 1, and it's actually verse 1 to 4, he begins to just describe uh, thanksgiving and praise and how good how good and loving God is. But then he begins to des- describe four people, types of people or, or seasons that you can find in your life, if you like, that put us in distress. And how the Father says, I will deliver you from each and every one. So let's look. The first one is what, uh, you know... Um, theologians and scholars have caused, called the wanderers. And I've added the desert experience. Because that's pretty much they're wandering in the wilderness. You see, there's two sides. There's two major sides. The one side is that our sin causes us to wander in the wilderness. The enemy wants you to continually wander in the wilderness. But God says, hey man, i got some good news for you. Let's just let me show you quickly that you remember Egypt and how God led his people in the desert, but blessed them in the desert, and then he took them to the promised land. Well, I want you to know that, that me as a father, not only can I bless you in the desert, but I can take you to the promised land. and that should inspire you to the sense that you go like, "Hey, my God, is that good? Because right now I feel like I 'm in the desert. How many times have you felt like you're in the desert? i can 't find a solution i 'm dry i 'm thirsty, I just don't this is not going. I, I feel like I 'm crawling on a surface that is burning my hands and knees. But what does the Bible say is Holy Spirit? One of the ways it describes Holy Spirit. Living waters. You see, one of the things that we need to learn, that when we're in the wandering desert space, we need to learn that intimacy with God begins to release the living waters in us that no other place can. So I can have living waters in the desert. And not only that, but these living waters cause me to walk into the promised land. And the promised land is God himself. We read 1 John 4, uh, 16, I think it was last week, that eternal life is experiencing him. And so the antidote, in a sense, to wandering in the desert is intimacy with him. But let's begin to look here, and I love this because I want to show you some stuff here in Psalm 107, that from verse four to five, it says this, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. Now, when oftentimes I know in my life, when the enemy's got a hold of me, I just can't find a place to settle. I feel unsettled, anxious, and full of fear. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. It was like just the very life force of them drained out. God then says, hey, let me show you in Psalm 107 what the solution is. And in verse 6, he says this, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he did what? Delivered them from their distress. You see, the answer, and I want to show you that in every circumstance, in every four of these kind of broad categories you'll see that that is the same solution let me give you the rest of the verses quickly look at verse 19 look at verse uh, let's go to 13 first 13 and then 19 and you'll see it's exactly the same thing that is said in that in that psalm Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. Isn't that interesting? The point is God saying this, hey, I, Jesus Christ, I am the solution for everything. If you come to me, and you submit and be humble in front of me, I will lead you and deliver you. So let's look at the deliverance for the wanderers. For the desert experience. Let's look at what happens here. Let's, sh- let's catch the heart of the Father around this. It says, God's deliverance is in verse 7 to 9. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with what? Good things. Isn't that good? He teaches us as we keep our eyes on Him and as we abide in Him, as it says in John the book of John. He teaches us that only God can satisfy, and that, by the way, God loves you so much that you will be delivered. No matter what your desert experience is, no matter how you're wandering, no matter how the enemy is lying to you, guess what? God, through Jesus Christ, has dismantled the power of that, and by the way, He'll deliver you. Not only has He delivered you for eternity, but He'll continue to deliver deliver you in the land of the living. Because in Psalm, we know that in Psalm 27, it talks about... This I will know, that I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So we, and, and, it, and it's not the only scripture. There's many and many and many where God just says, hey, I want you to know me as this good God who loves you. And listen, I know that you might see it this way, that you, I know you're in a desert place. But by the way, if I can give life to the Israelites and give them food and give them water in the desert place, I can do it for you while you're in the desert. But there's even better news. I'm getting you out of the desert. But you got to let me do it. Isn't that good? So many times I've tried to try to mess, try to sort it out. Uh, the solutions in my own strength. There's not. The, the Bible says, the Bible says that we got to follow God, and be led by the Spirit. Which means that there's a response from us, right? You get that. There's a response. We have to respond. There's a response in our walking out. In other words, we learn to walk it out. But it's learned to walk it out in the presence, in resting in Jesus, in resting in the power of God working through us. Is that helpful? Okay. Let's move to number two. I want to get through them as quick as I can. So we saw the distress. We see God's solution. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them from their distress. And we see God's deliverance. He says, I will deliver you. He says, I'll make it straight for you. I'll get you straight through. He says, number two, he says, I'll give you a place where you will feel settled and safe and secure. It's in me. And then he says, because I satisfy your thirst and I fill your hunger. And by the way, everything I do is good. Wow. Man, I've been in so many things that I'm like, are you kidding me? But God always comes through right at the right time. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why. But he just does. Well, I do know why. He loves me. And he loves you. The apple of his eye. I'm the best looking one in the kingdom. My wife tells me that all the time. It's true. And just like you are. Your wife tells you that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I choose to believe it, okay? (laughs) You don't have to, it's me. Okay, I want to quickly, (laughs) man, the next one is a prisoner or the prison experience. And this is found in verse 10 to 11. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. Now, here's the thing about that. We sometimes allow the enemy to, take, to, to, to place us in chains through the pain and regrets because we rebelled against God's truth. How do we do that? It goes right back to the Garden of Eden where man decided what is good and evil. When our truth trumps biblical truth, we're going to get into trouble. When we begin to decide what's right and wrong outside of God's word, and the revelation of the spirit of that word, when we begin to live in that, we begin to take matters into, we, we basically put ourselves as God. We say, look at me, I am now God. I make decisions on what should be right and wrong. The Bible says, the Bible says, don't, the Bible says, "Love your, forgive and love your neighbor. It doesn't say forgive them if they repent. doesn't say that, does it? Or have I read the wrong Bible? Maybe that's in imagination, 7 verse 5. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. But it is, because God said it. I said this last week, I'll say it again, because some of you weren't here. When I get into an argument with someone, the first thing I say to someone is, forgive each other, first thing, before dealing with it. And this is generalization, right? Because some specifics you've got to work slightly, but Generally, I say to people, forgive and release, because it's then that I position my thinking and my heart on what God's will is and His kingdom is. I begin to basically invite the kingdom of God in, and I begin to launch myself from a place of victory. See, I forgive first. It doesn't mean I forget, it doesn't mean I ignore, and it doesn't mean I subject myself to it again. But I forgive. I take that sting out of my heart, in a sense. I don't drink the poison anymore. I say to God, hey, man, I'm choosing to align myself with you. I forgive them. I love them. Lord, I pray that they meet with you and know you in a deeper way. You see, forgiveness is I don't want to take revenge on anyone. Revenge is the Lord's. Say that again. Absolutely. You've just discombobulated him. Light has shone into a dark place, and he was completely discombobulated undone. He didn't know what the heck was going on. The enemy didn't know what was going on on the cross. He only found out later. He thought he had won. And every time we sit and place the kingdom's God's reign, his relationship, and every time we put God first, it discombobulates the enemy. And the enemy's like, oh, um, didn't think about that one. So the prisoner, some set in darkness. You see, we get into prison places when, in this context, we get into the prison when we begin to, to not allow the truth. The commands are his word, truth, right? When we, we, himself, his word. When, we're not, when we don't allow him to rule and reign in us, we get, ourselves into, we get ourselves into trouble because we begin to, in a sense, put ourselves on the playing field of the enemy. And when you go and play in his playing field, he knows the rules better than you. He tricks you with his rules. The defense is to go sit with Abba Daddy and say, hey, uh, I don't know the Bible out of my head, but I ask you to begin to speak to me. Because did you know that the Creator's own spirit, Jesus' spirit, the Abba Daddy's spirit, God's spirit lives in you? If you said, Lord hey, I want a relationship with you. You you know the whole thing. I've been reborn. If I say, Lord, I just need you. I I know that you're the son of God and I know you paid for my sins and I accept that and I don't want to be like this anymore. I need you. If you humble yourself that way and you continue to live out of that humility, you begin to live from victory to victory to victory, from glory to glory. Isn't that good? And by the way, you're designed, you're you're designed with a God-shaped hole. When you're saved, you're filled with it. And now you're living with God. You're the temple He's living in and through you. In that way, you're made to be victorious. You're not made to be a prisoner at all. You're made so that you've now, you're now seated with Christ, with Christ in heavenly places, right? And so you're now not a citizen of this earth anymore, you're now a citizen of heaven, all daddy's resources become yours, His fridge in heaven you can raid as much as you want, the dessert that's there is yours, the healthy food that's there is yours, you know the non-GMO, <laughs> non-GMO, the food with no additives or preservatives, it's yours, gluten-free, <laughs> it's yours, and it tastes even better. It's like sweet, like honey to my lips. That's what the Bible says. So God's solution, again, is the same solution for the first one, for the first one which was a wonderer. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. And that you'll find in verse 13. It's the same as verse 6. God's deliverance. Listen to God's deliverance. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains this is from verse 14 to 16 now, verse 14 and 16. I'm skipping 15 for a reason. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. We need to humble ourselves and say, yes, Lord, I begin. I believe in you. I believe in your truth. I believe, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you come lead. I don't want to be the head anymore. I don't want to lead. I want you to lead. I invite you to come and lead. Isn't that good? I invite you to come and lead you still with me? It's good. The Bible says in Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Isn't that good? I often face a lot of challenges from a lot of things. I can't share all of them with you. Or maybe one easy one I can. Forgive me but I'll, have to, I'll use my life. My crown fell out the other day. Tooth, crown, tooth, fell out the other day. So my first thing is I'm discombobulated now because I started looking into it and I was like, how much? It's like thousands to get it fixed. I'm like, are you kidding me? Thousands to get a tooth fixed. That to a South African is like two million rand. <laughs> I don't have medical insurance kind of thing. I don't have that kind of So I'm like, what? How am I gonna get this tooth sorted? So I learned the first thing to do is panic. Throw a tantrum and get it over with. (laughs) You know, what, Jesus? I thought you loved me. I thought you're good. I thought you deliver. I'm wandering in the desert. I now feel like a prisoner because your truth is not working for anymore. I don't understand it. (laughs) Puddle of tears, and I'm washing myself in it. I'm bathing in the tears. No, not really. I'm exaggerating, obviously. My wife is, Sheldon, don't worry. I'm like, don't talk to me about don't worry. I'm anxious. I'm in fear. Now you're telling me not to worry. That's not helpful. Yeah, okay, you're right there. (laughs) And so the good news is here's the testimony. God came through and he provided a way and it only cost me $159. So I'm getting it repaired in, in the week sometime. Well, at least that's the plan. Either way, I feel good about it. And I repented. I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry, man. Uh, I, keep, I keep forgetting. I know you've taught me this lesson before. Here's the mountain, and I've gone around the mountain. I keep getting to the same spot. And he says, don't worry about it, Sheldon. You're my boy. You're the, you're the best. Really? Absolutely. You're the apple of my eye. I'm with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I love you all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, His good purpose. So I'm like, oh, how did I forget that? He said, that's okay. Don't worry, my boy. Come hang out with me again. I'm like, man, God, you're so good. You still love me, even though I'm such a jerk. Let me move on. So the prisoners, same solution. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them. Please, notice they cried out. They didn't whisper, hey, Jesus. That's more like crying. Or it's... Come on! That's crying, right? I took it away because I didn't want to hurt anyone's ears. They cried out. There was this passionate plea. And God's okay with it. He still loves me. And He still cares. And He loves you. And He still cares. Okay, He brought them out of darkness. Utter darkness. And broke away the chains. And He breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. And so I love that about God. Let's move to number three. Storm uh, number three. Am I at number three? Oh, I've moved. Did I move past one? The sick. Let me go to that one first. The sick. The next one is the sick. I want to begin to, I I believe this is, firstly, I believe this one is a bit more soul sick than anything else because of how the scriptures, because of how the scriptures reasoned and because of what they're saying in the scripture from verse 17 to 18 it says, some of us were such fools, bringing on ourselves sorrow and suffering, all because of our sins, sick and feeble, unable to stand the sight of food. We drew near to the gates of death. This is really speaking about people that put their happiness in sensual, sensual enjoyment as number one, as the primary. It's okay to enjoy life, sensual. that's fine. But it's not when it's the primary, when God is submissive to that. These are the kind of people that have really just, life is just all about about them and their pleasures. And how they can, see, this causes people to be soul sick. Because that's number one in their life. These are the kind of people that walk around going like, yeah, man, I don't care. Religion, please, God's not even listening. Where have you seen God lately? So, yes, I have. I love words of knowledge. They always help me with that one. I actually have seen God. Let me tell you something. How did you know? I don't. My God does. But these are the guys that like mock those kind of things. They're the kind of guys that like step on everyone else just to get to their goal. They're the kind of guys that, hey, you know, just the, w- the flesh lusts are more important than anything else. This is the kind of people that become soul sick. Guess what? God still loves them. That's hard, eh? You better get your life right, boy. (laughs) No, let me introduce you to the father I know. I want to introduce you to him. Let me show you who he is. And by the way, once you meet him, you'll be overjoyed. You'll change, because he's so good. Doesn't mean I don't deal with these things. It means every time I have to deal with something, I introduce them to God. You see, I show the heart of love. If I have to deal, if I have to deal with a particular sin, I come in with the heart of love. I deal with it in truth, but I approach it in love. I don't need to condemn. They know. I don't need to tell you, hey, hey, hey you, 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 you know, let me tell you how to solve. No, I just say, hey, this is, this is what it is. This is what's coming. And, but by the way, God wants something better for you. Isn't that a better way to approach it? The Father wants something better for you. I know this because I've read the Bible. I want you to know God's got better. The solution in verse 19, guess what the solution is that God says we should do? Thank you very much. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them from their distress. Verse 6, verse uh, 13, and verse 19, all the same. And guess what? The next one for the next one is going to be the same again. Jesus keeps saying, come to me because my heart is to deliver you from the distress. I want to have the same heart, and I'm not there yet, but I want to have the same heart for people around me. I want to help introduce them to the deliverer who can get them out of their distress. That's all I want to do. Just introduce you to God. And it's good news because God keeps saying, I want to deliver you. Whether you're a wanderer in the desert, whether you're a prisoner, or whether you're sick in your soul, I love you. And I want to deliver you. And by the way, I don't want to deliver you. I will deliver you if you come to me. All who are thirsty. And all who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain. Dip your heart in the streams of life. Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away. And the waves of his mercy is deep, cries out too deep. And we sing, come, Lord Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, come. Isn't that good? Oh. I want more of that. I love the deliverance that the God brings that, that God <laughs> the God He is the God, but that God brings you. Yeah. Verse 20, God spoke the words, God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed, delivered from death's door. Just as we were delivered through Christ on the cross from eternal death, we right now get to live and invite God in by His power of the Holy Spirit to deliver us even from this. But the interesting thing he is when it comes to healing, it's God's full work. He declares it. So I say, Lord, you come and heal. I invite you to heal my soul. I can't heal my soul. Salvation is from the Lord, right? I couldn't work my way into salvation, even by doing the best works, even by performing the best. I couldn't get there. My soul can only be healed by a work. Of God. And so I invite in and I say, Come and heal my soul. The journey may take five years, it may take ten, it may take twenty, it may take thirty, but I will overcome, because it is the will of the Father. But I wait, because those who wait on the Lord shall. Thank you. I will never be put to shame. And in God, I'll always be strengthened. Let's move to number four. This one has been used as a very famous one for sailors and that kind of thing, but I'm not going to use it in that context. It's from verse 23 to verse 27 of Psalm 107. It's called people that have been storm-tossed. So here we go. Some went on... The sea and ships, they were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest and lifted high the waves. They mounted up the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' ends. Does it sound like a story in the New Testament also? When the disciples were on it and the storm came up and Jesus calmed the storm? So let's look at this. What does it say in verse 28, someone who's got a Bible, what does it say God says we should do? Yeah, cry out to the Lord and someone just can read it loud for me, just loud so I can. Thank you, say it again. Thank you. It's the same. Can you see, out of all the four, God says the same thing in that psalm. And I believe the psalmist wrote it because he wanted to put emphasis on that. He says, hey, you got to cry out to God. God's the one who has the answer. I know you like trying to find answers. I know you like trying to be in control. And it's not a bad thing. But cry out to God. Let Him fill you. Let Him lead you. And be led by the Spirit. Because He's living waters and He'll take you from that place to that place. Because Holy Spirit is also called a lot of things. But He's called the Paracletos. He's called our helper. He's called our advocate. He's called our comforter. You know, and so much more. It is Holy Spirit who does it in us and through us. But we've got to cry to God. And so God keeps hammering. He says, I know when you get into trouble, your first call is to panic and to get anxious. I'm a living example of that. But he says, that's okay. Come cry out to me. And I'm telling you, I love you this much that I will deliver you. But you have to allow me to be the one to deliver you. Allow me to lead. Don't you try lead. Because if you do, guess where you're going to put yourself again? Either a prisoner or a wanderer or soul sick. Everyone goes through storms. We all go through storms. If you live in this world, you'll go through storms. But take heart, for I have overcome the world, Jesus says. This is the God we serve. You will make it. I want you to say to yourself this morning, look at yourself. Okay, don't, don't like, I mean, it's weird. But um, just say to yourself, I will make it in Christ because he loves me and he will not leave me nor forsake me. You will not be left or forsaken. You're a child of God. You're the most precious thing that God's ever created. You're the pinnacle. You're the point. He loves you. I used to cry out day by day I used to say to God, please teach, please teach me how much you love me. 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 I still don't get it, but I'm so much further now than I was. I've told you stories of, of John it when he laid hands on me and I hit the ground and it felt like glory The glorious love of God just invaded me, and it was a mixture of so many things. I couldn't even, I can't even describe it. It was excitement. It was sadness. It was happiness. It was, but overwhelmingly in this whole thing, I felt the love and the joy and the goodness of God for me so much that I got up off of that, and I was like, man, you can put me in a fire right now, and I'll be okay. And I'm sad because it faded a bit. I'm just being honest. I remain in God all the time. I, I, I literally drink as much of Him as I can. I, I, I mean, you visit me in the week. You visit me in the week. What was I doing? That's what I was doing. I, I'm really, I'm just like, oh God, I desperately need you. But you know, there's always more. But I'm so much better now than what I was when I was a negative person. And I, and listen, I want you to know, because of my background, because of my life, I won't share that all now this morning again. But because of all of that, I was a negative kind of person. I was really negative. I used to think the world was never going to I was like I was like no, nah, it'll never happen. I'll just kind of yellow my life. You only live once. I'll just live like that. My excuse was I don't care what people think. I don't care what someone else thinks about me. I don't care. What's the point anyway? I have no purpose. There's no meaning for me. Until I got saved. Truly saved. And then the colors actually had color. And life made sense. And I went, oh, now I get it. And I had this energy come back in me. And it was God healed my sickness of my soul. He he called me from the wandering back into a place of safety and settling. And he broke the chains as I was a prisoner. And it began to calm the storms. And at the moment, every single day, Because of the life we live, we face a new storm all the time, right? But God continually comes in His grace and His love. And He says, hey, I'll calm this. I'll calm this. Some of the storms that I go through have been long. Some of them were quick and short. But here's the thing I know. That His love endures forever. And He always comes somehow. I've learned a couple of tools that's been helpful to me. I never tell God what I want the answer to look like. I tell Him what I would like it to look like. And then I say, but your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus, when he was going to the cross, he prayed. And the prayer was this. This is what it means when Jesus prayed there. The word prayer there in that context of the cross means exchanging of wills. He exchanged his will for God's will. Isn't that great? He said, Lord, your your will be done. In other words, you change the way I feel and think. Because the Holy Spirit can do that. He created me. He can do that. Yeah, it's so good. I said last week, I said, I never want to lose the wonder of God. I don't want to lose the wonder of God. And I do, by the way. I I mean, I I wish I could tell you. I just walk around going, like, God is just so amazing all the time. It's not true, but, but I'm better now than what I was. Okay, listen to the answer that he gives you. God's deliverance in verse 29 to 30. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. And he guided them to their desired haven, safe place. Isn't that good? Did you know that's God's deliverance? That's what God wants to do. We have an eternal supernatural help. We can believe that we will see. There's two things I want to I help you with quickly, if I may. One is always see your home as eternity. Always. Always live as if you're an eternal citizen. Does that make sense? Always live as if you're an eternal citizen. All heaven's resources are yours because of Jesus Christ and because you're a son and a daughter of God. Secondly, always realize that those resources can be tapped into right now because your eternal salvation doesn't only start when you die. It starts now. So you can call those things that are not as... Well, you've got to let God call them, right? Right? But I can trust God that he'll call those things that are not as if they are. I can trust God for that. And if I cry out to God and I come to him and I spend intimacy, I'm sorry about this, but I'm going to say it all the time. Intimacy is the key to our life. God is life and life is God. Intimacy is always the key for us. It's coming to God, crying out to him, calling him in, saying, Lord, your kingdom come, your rule come, and your will be done. I don't like getting, I don't like structures, and, and this is my personality. I'm not saying this is what you've got to do. I'm not saying it's biblical. Me personally, I don't like structures. I don't like being taught that this is the way we've got to do it to get to God. I don't like this or that. I, I'm like, hey, if I can get to God, that's all I'm happy about. If it means I've got to stand on one leg for half an hour to get there, I'll do it. If it means I've got to hop between the two legs, that's what I'm going to do today. If tomorrow comes, and it's not about the hopping of the leg, but it's about the, I don't know, Waving the left arm. I'll wave the left arm if I have to. I don't care. Why? Because all I want to do is be intimate with him. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously joking a bit there and being a bit you unigured. Know, but it doesn't matter what it is to me. All I'm concerned about is do I get to hang out with Abba Daddy? Do I get to be with him? Do I get to let his love fill me, permeate me, and spill out of me so much that the world around me meets God himself? I don't want them to meet me. I want them to meet him. I mean, you know what I mean by that, right? Of course people are going to meet me. Otherwise it would be really weird. Right? But, but I want them to meet Jesus that's living somehow, you know? That's all I want. And it's yours and it's mine. Because the light that chased and discombobulated and chased away darkness lives in you. I want to, I want to give you some more and more testimonies, but I'm, I'm running out of time now. So I want to end with this. God won't only calm the storms, but He'll lead you to a safe haven, the promised land, if you like, whatever that may be for your circumstance. But God will get you through. And uh, this was a. Uh, next week I'm going to begin. Uh, next week I'm going to speak to you a little bit about how our Thanksgiving, because this where this is where it ends ends. Let me, I'm going to give you some verses, and I understand you can't write, write them all. You can't, if you're not writing, you won't get it all. I get it, but you're just going to have to trust me if you're not writing or you're not looking. But verse 8, 15, 20 to 22, and 30 to, 31 to 32. All, so in other words, there's the solution that God gives, which is cry out to the Lord, and you know, He'll deliver you from your distress, that one, right? And then there's the response that God ignites in us. But it's also a right response to give back to God okay so whilst God actually is ignited that's why the psalm starts with give thanks to the Lord because it's like a circular thing he's trying to show us you see because God came to find me first boom I realized that my life is alive for eternity now my whole life has been transformed there's some new joy in me there's this, there's this new thing there's this new life Holy Spirit living in me that that brings me new life, I'm thankful for that. Then I go through life, boom, 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 a whole lot of stuff, and through my life experiences and all that, I like to look at it this way, I'll get through the circular thing, I'll show you. Um, But through all these experiences, this continually causes little circles as I go around. So there's one kind of big circle, and it'll always lead back to the greatness and the goodness and the love of God. But there's the little circles along the way that always lead back to me thanking God, because of what He does in and through me. You get it? So I'm continually, uh, uh, so, and then God says, listen, this is what he says. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. He's saying, guys, just just let each other do that. Doesn't matter how weird it looks. We always used to say, I don't care how strange the fire is as long as there's a fire of God, right? Because, hey, everyone's going to express it differently. Let them just express their thanks to God. Let them release it, express their thanks to God. I'm not talking about chaos or craziness. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about chaos that's all man-centered. I'm talking about a chaos that's godly-centered. Does that make sense to you? Okay. It's a a release of the praises to God. When we do this, it begins to remind us even of the victories that He's done in my life. It begins to remind me of how good and how great He is. And it releases more of that. It's kind of like a remembrance, our praises and thanks. And I'm going to end with this. <laughs> Typical pastor. And this one I'm ending with now, okay? This is the third time I'm ending now. <laughs> okay. In verse 22 to 32, and I'm paraphrasing, it reveals that we should tell of God's works and sing about them in the assembly. Tell, you know, every opportunity that God gives you, I want you to tell somebody or tell something. Tell yourself if you need to. But talk about it. God is good.